You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from our guest speaker. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. You know, you guys bring, I just don't, I'm just going to kind of just do what I do. Um, but you guys bring a supply. It's kind of fun. Because I notice when certain people aren't, aren't, aren't around, and when I, this morning when I first got up here, my spirit directed me there, and I'm really happy to see you, Reverend Jerry. And was, I was like, man, because, uh, and what is it? I read people's spirits. I knew, that, I knew that there was somebody there in this row that has something, that has a, has a relationship with God, you know, and, and my spirit spoke to me. It's just, and you're like, well, is that biblical? Well, John the Baptist, when his wife, I mean, when his mom was pregnant with him and Mary showed up, she goes, whoa, the baby leaped within me. And she prophesied about the, 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 her carrying the Savior. Yes, you recognize people. You know, it's a, that's, a, that's a cool thing. That's really how I know who's my people, to be honest. I'll be in a room full of people, and then all of a sudden I'll, I'll be like, okay, and I'll look around, and I'll recognize the Spirit of God on somebody. I said, that's who I want to talk to. That's who I'm going to be the most comfortable with, you know. <laughs> praise God, praise God. All right. I want to talk to you guys about, um, you know, the supernatural power of God. How to how to break some how to break strongholds. It's a big thing because we're there's, there's a there's a combat happening for your for for your soul for your mental health. Um, and so I want to kind of I'm just going to start reading a couple passages of scripture, uh, uh, quite a bit actually. And I apologize I did not give them the scriptures. I wasn't that. Uh, so you're just going to have to either just write them down, text yourself if you want to make sure that what I'm saying is truth, because um, I actually encourage you to do that. You don't just, you know, just because I'm charismatic and, and good looking doesn't mean that you're going to take <laughs> what I say as truth for the simple, because here's the, here's the thing about that, is if you like something that I say and then all of a sudden you get tested and you're like, you know, and you're praying and you say, well, you know, <clears throat> Adam said, you know what I mean? He's going to say, I don't, yeah, that's cool. Because the seven sons of Sceva that tried to cast the devil out of somebody said, I cast you out in the name of Jesus in whom Paul preaches. And the guy manifested his, his, and, and his demon spoke and said, we know Paul and we know Jesus, but who are you? And, he, and one dude took the clothes off of seven men and made them run shamefully naked. You ought to know in whom you believe. Take your stance. It's in, you know what I mean? So <clears throat> Ephesians, which is probably one of my favorite books of the Bible, thanks to my mother. Um, in Ephesians chapter 1, the, that prayer <clears throat> that you'll hear me quote and pray a lot, um, it says, Therefore also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus for your love for all the saints. Do not, and I'll be reading mainly out of the New King James this morning, if you want to follow, but do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. All right? The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And here's what I want to emphasize. And seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and 12 says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power 
of his might. You're not, you and I are not called to be weak. We're called to operate out of, a, out of a stance of who we are in Christ, in power. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. There is, there is a devil that's arrayed a, uh, against us. The fun thing is, is the second that you get a revelation that is greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world, he can't mess with you. You know what I mean? You heard me say it before. Satan's number one goal is to try to get you in fear because if he gets you in fear, then he can mess. He can, he can rule your circumstances. He can dictate your actions. He can, he, in other words, he can direct your steps. All right? But if you're, if you're, if you're built... You know, and that's why I love Jude, that, you know, it's one chapter. Verse 20 says, praying in other tongues, building yourselves up to your most holy faith, because you says the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. So when I'm in faith, I'm led by the spirit of God. He's directing my path. So I'm not worried about tomorrow. You know what I mean? Though, though I walk through the valley of death, I shall fear no evil because I know in whom I believe. I know who has me. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, again, I want to talk to you this morning about the supernatural power of God, and we're going to break some strongholds. Because the biggest strongholds that, we, that we've kind of seen as of late, you know, is a, is a, you know, a lot of, and it's, you know, different spirits, but, but um, you know, anxiety, depression, suicide, these have been going just crazy within the body of Christ, which is ought not be. The Bible uses that term. It says, you know, he said, when I heard of these things, you know, it ought not be. Of course, he was, I mean, he was talking about sexual sins in that context, but he still, it, 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 you can take it and say, hey, these things ought not be among the children of God. So <clears throat> let me just build you up real quick. All right, because what I do when I'm, you know, is I build myself up on the word of God. I get, I energize myself. And that's the biggest thing. You guys, sh- you should have, you should be reading your word daily. I mean, there's really no reason, because um, if, you, if you don't hunger for the word, there's a little app that is extremely annoying that goes off every day and will beep, and you can read a scripture a day. You know what I mean? Because I like to read my Bible, that app is annoying to me, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, it's not usually on the same page as I am, but at the same time, I'm just saying, there's no, there's no real reason anymore, you know? You can have at least one scripture a day that you can think about. Read it in the morning, think about it the rest of the day. You know what I mean? You know, and also with all of those apps, I just feel impressed to just encourage you guys. With everything, with all the, with all the technology that we have, with like, you know, the Bible app, Bible Gateway, different things like that, when you're dealing with a specific topic internally, all right, especially an emotion or something like that, that little search bar isn't just for like... I'm going to type in the scripture reference. You put the word in there and it brings up every single place that that word is in the Bible. And you'll read, go through that list until the Holy Spirit stops you. Then you'll get out your paper, physical Bible, and you'll pull it out and you'll highlight it and you'll bookmark it. And what does it do? It becomes manna from heaven. It becomes strength to your spirit. Now your soul is anchored. Now there's no longer, fear has no dominion over you. It has no hold over you. All right, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but um, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> okay, 
says, nor, 1 Timothy chapter 1, 4, and this is where we need to kind of start. We need to start with, with uh, and let me just read the scriptures and then I'll continue. It says, 1 Timothy 1, 4, when Paul is talking to Timothy about how to be a good pastor and different things like that, he says, nor give heed to fables, fables and endless genealogies which cause disputes rather than godly edification, which is in faith, <clears throat> 1 Timothy 4, 7, but reject profane and old wise wives' fables and exercise yourselves towards godliness. <clears throat> 2 Timothy 4, 4, he says, and they will turn their ears away from truth and be turned aside to fables. All right, you're going to understand <clears throat> where I'm going in a minute. <clears throat> Titus verse 1, verse 14 says, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. <clears throat> Second Peter verses one sixteen says, For we did not follow cunning devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. <clears throat> These fables, what I'm kind of talking about is the superstitions. <clears throat> the superstitions of <clears throat> of things that we a lot of times don't even realize that we give over into, that we that we put ourselves in in submission to. <clears throat> Wait, yeah, <clears throat> and this, I've been studying a lot on, on uh, the supernatural, you know, uh, demonology, different things, because that's what the Lord has been using me in, um, <clears throat> is, to, is to deal with things at the root of the problem, which has been an amazing, uh, it's just been amazing lately, but <clears throat> through, through all that, Lester Summerall, which is no longer with us, so he mentors me through books. Um, in his book, 101 Questions on Demon Powers, he explains this. He says, he explains that a spiritually starved and morally bankrupt society produces the best ground for superstition. A man without God turns to superstition for release of tensions and to seek after forbidden knowledge. Superstition was born because man in his deepest being longs for the supernatural. And we've seen this. Everybody's all about different phenomenon, supernatural, you know, <clears throat> wants an explanation. And this is, this is a good thing. The, the soul of man, re- I'm still reading after him, the soul of man rejects the holy materialistic way of life. <clears throat> you know, we see that all the time. Once people attain and get millions and millions and millions of dollars, and then they commit suicide. And you're like, I don't understand. That's like my whole life goal <laughs> is, is, is to be where you were at and you had it made. You know what I mean? And it's a, and so, but, but Satan just constantly messes with you. Deep, down deep, we, have, we all are wired to have a, a, a connection with God, our Heavenly Father. I mean, uh, the, the book, The Reason for God, was one, of the, was one of the best books I've ever read. You know, he's a Methodist minister in New York, but uh, he, he grew up in church and then he decided he's going to be an atheist. And through his, you know, he went to college and through all of his philosophy classes and everything, basically his attempt to disprove God brought him back to God, and he talks about it in that book in a, in a very intellectual way that'll, that would help you guys if you're interested in that kind of thing, especially if you have any, um, any questions. Um, <clears throat> so, sorry, I was quoting somebody, and then I stopped and started saying myself. So back to the book. It says this, The immoral soul becomes starved for spiritual food. When fed philosophy, scientific facts, and religious ritualisms, it instinctively seeks release in the unknown, devoid of truth and and the life in Christ. Foolish and stupid ideas are formed and taught as facts. 
All right? <clears throat> so we understand that if, you know, that's why, that's why in our school system, they, you know, well, where's the facts? Where's the scientific? You know, the, that, there's the whole, the whole Scientology thing. Everybody's confused, you know, because there has to be a reason why. And, and God, the Bible just says, but God. The secret thing belongs unto the Lord. And, though, and, and he, you know, he said, Thomas, you have touched and seen, but blessed is he who has, who has not seen and still believed. You know, blessed. We're blessed. You know, but I, and, and when you actually approach God, you should taste and see that the Lord is good. And, I, and you know, hopefully you sense the, the power and the presence of God this morning during worship because you entered in. And if you didn't, just, uh, and if you did feel it, but you didn't participate, you better, you know, on the way out, thank the people that were next to you for spilling on you. <laughs> you know, an example of these things are this, though, that are just kind of among us. And it's, it's, it's you know, whenever people talk about luck. Well, they're just lucky, or you believe in, in, in luck. Well, I just, you know, I was lucky today. I was just, that's, that's actually a negative thing. Um, horoscopes, palm readers, fortune tellers, these are not hobbies. These are not something fun. I just want to see what it says. I just want to do this. No, these are, those are all things that open yourself up. In a, and even if you say, well, I just don't put any attention to it, in a subconscious way, it always comes back to you. Okay, these are things that we have to shun. And the worst of all is from what I've seen from a child, when, you know, being born in 1980 and, and watch, you know, and I don't know if that's when the thing came out or not. I think it was a little older, but that Ouija board thing is the one that really gets people demon possessed. Once you start playing with that, it really gets kind of crazy. So if you ever see one and if you have one in your house or you see your kids or they, anybody talks about it, you throw that thing away. You burn it. Don't throw it away. Someone might get it. <laughs> burn it. Okay. Um, I mean, it's. It's intense. Um, and so, kind of talking to this, and Jesus, or actually God the Father gave us, gave us some, some, some instruction in Leviticus. Uh, you know, and Leviticus is all about the Levitical priesthood. So in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 31, he says this. He says, Give no regard to mediums and familiar spirits. Do not seek after them to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. All right, and this goes, this goes even, I just feel impressed to explain this. This goes as far as entertainment purposes, what you watch, what you actually allow, you know, because you're like, well, I can't, I can't control content. You're right. But the second that you see something, you can throw it away, not finish that series, not finish that, you know, because you've got to guard yourself because you become numb. This is the thing. It's not, it doesn't happen immediately. You become numb, and I hate this word. You become tolerant. Because you become tolerant of the things of Satan. And you start letting yourselves and your kids and everybody else be around things that they should never be around. People who literally follow after the devil. And you say, you know, because it's kind of funny, because Satan... Knows that uh, you know there there are people in the occult that will that will worship him, but I believe personally, and this is my opinion, but from an observation, ninety percent of people aren't going to just follow Satan. Satan's going to say, "Hey, you are your own god. Worship yourself." Nike said it best: "Just do it. Whatever makes you feel good. That's what you want to do." And Jesus said, "I came to save you, and if you actually understand through the Word of God, and you become to be get changed at the washing of the water of the Word. He's saving me for me." He's the all in all. I'm the one that's self-destructive. He's renewing my mind to see, hey, I, you already know how you think about yourself. I want you to know how I think about you, and I'm going to use you. Oh, 
in Leviticus chapter, uh, nope, I did that one twice. Okay. The Bible teaches us here, he teaches us clearly that anything that takes our interest away from him, God, our heavenly father, as the source of all supernatural power and which causes us to look elsewhere is idolatry. So anytime you're looking to something else, you're, you're, you're practicing idolatry. So it's something very, you know what I mean? It's very, it's, it's very unique. And, and again, as a youth pastor, we've seen this because that's when that show Supernatural came out. That's when that stuff, you know, and we have a lot of, of soft, um, of uh, just Satanism. Witchcraft has, got, has, has exploded in this area with the kids from the beginning and now they're becoming young adults. It's, it's, we're, we're battling demons now. It's the end times. They're not, they're not just playing around. They want to destroy you. You know, and they even, and, they, and the funny thing is that they use, they use men and women too. There's an there's a evangelist that the Lord, again, like I, I, I heard something, so I bought his book, and uh, he was a satanic priest for like 25 years or something. His name, was John, his name is John Ramirez, and now he's been a minister for 25 years. But he said when he was a satanic priest, if he, his whole goal was to get you in fear, because if he got you in fear, he could do certain spells, and he could cause you to have miscarriages, he could cause you to have cancer, he could cause you want, because faith is, is, is the realm in which God works, fear is the realm in which Satan works. <clears throat> That's why we were so frustrated and mad that the church became afraid of COVID and the pandemic and different things that are such a falsehood to try to push a different agenda on you. And I'm not speaking terrorism or anti-government or anything like that. I'm, talk, I'm speaking anti-death. Fear is death. God has not given me a spirit of fear. But what does he give me? A spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Those who keep his mind on him, he will keep them in perfect peace. He will give them rest. Shouldn't have restless nights. You plead, you you know, and let's get here. Um, Okay. We cannot place our trust in any other source but God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. I'm going to give you this morning, give you six means of divine protection. All right? So if you're dealing with anything, especially if you have, and what I'm talking about is strongholds, and what I, what I sensed and what I've been seeing as far as when the Lord uses me, mainly it's, it's usually anxiety and depression and when it comes to, to mental health. You know, and when it comes to physical health, it's usually ligaments and joints and stuff like that. That's just, we pray for everything, but that's just usually what God seems to do the best. But, um, <clears throat> with me. Uh, <clears throat> and so if that, is this something that you kind of, and, and this works for other things too. If you say, well, you didn't say what I'm dealing with, my stronghold in life, things that I constantly pray about and that I just, it just seems like I just can't overcome and I just can't over. Well, then let's break the, the spirit behind it. There's something arrayed against you. There's something that's afraid that you're going to share the hope that is within you. You know that, you know, the devil don't care about you. He cares about Christ in you. And that's why he hates you. And if you're like, it's just, but I'm not doing anything. It still seems like I'm picked on. I know because you're made in the likeness and image of God. So every time he looks at you, he sees God. And so he, he just, he, he just hates it. <laughs> he also hates the fact that because what because he messed up when Christ died, Christ, he, we got power of attorney. So anything we ask the, the Father in the Son's name, He will surely do it for us. Therefore, anything that He's trying to do, we can pray yep. and break it and stop it. Yes. 
don't know about you, but that's when I'm when I'm when I'm not the nicest individual is when I have like blocked goals. I'm frustrated. I don't want to talk to you. I'm trying to accomplish something that like I doesn't know if I can make it accomplish. So you're dealing with somebody who's consistently frustrated because you get in the way. Hopefully, <laughs> you know what I mean. I don't know if you if, if anybody in here is an older sibling, which I'm the oldest. So sometimes you know when you're bored when you're a kid and even as an adult because you you know how to do it. <laughs> you just want to you just want to pick on your sibling every a little bit and just get them riled up. And then when they get riled up, you just sit back and you laugh. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, so, so that's what you need to, you know, so if you understand that, if you're that, this is, I believe this is, it's funny, but it's for somebody. So if you're like, Hey, I identify with that. Every time that you pray and you take authority over things, that's what you're doing to the devil. Cause he knows that he's not big enough to whoop you, you know? Cause that's usually what happens with like, you know, a little brother and different things when you're kids and you're like, I, I just want to punch you right now, but I don't feel like getting punched five times. <laughs> You know, I mean, it, it's part of life. But uh, that's honestly, that's, that's how Aaron got better than me at basketball because there was no free shots. I explained that to his kids and they were like, are you serious? Like I said, yeah, Jackson, that's how we play. Nobody's played with you like that? <laughs> All right, so six things. Six things of divine protection is outlined in God's word which are available to you as believers. The first one is the word of God. All right. Our Bibles, you know, are the are the are the greatest source of information. It's you know, you can't have faith. It says faith comes with the will of God is known. You can't have faith. You can't say I believe in Jesus. Okay, what scripture lets me know that you have faith in Jesus? Amen. I'm just I like her, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Because I read this kind of thing, and it's a cool little leadership quote, and uh, it just kind of bears witness here. But it says, uh, the truth doesn't mind being questions. Question. A lie, you know, becomes argumentative. So if, so if that's like, well, you shouldn't ask me that. Well, no, you should read your Bible and have an understanding, because the Bible says we have to give an account for the hope that is within us when somebody asks us. Everybody's hurting. The reason people are talking to you about their problems isn't because they just like you. The Lord says, hey, you have something in you that you need to pray with them and you need to share with them. And when it comes to a point to where they're like, I really don't have an answer for that, but check it out. I do go to church every Sunday. Why don't you just come? And then it's your responsibility to pray and say, Lord, have pastor say something that's going to just help this person. Because then they're hooked. And then you get a jewel in your crown in heaven. You know, there's a, there's a gown of salvation and that's cool if you just want to walk around in a gown. You can be a Moo king, you know, queen, whatever. But they said there's a, there's a robe of righteousness that's available. And then he said there's a crown, a crown of jewels. So if you're about your father's business, you can walk around, you know, fitted. Or you could just, you could just chill, you know. <laughs> Make it just... Ooh, I'm just glad I didn't make it naked, but because uh, <clears throat> this is eternity. <laughs> All right, but the Word of God, Jesus, check it out. And this is one of the coolest things. Jesus, when he was tempted by the devil in the in the in the New Testament, Jesus was literally tempted by the devil. The Bible says he was tempted, which means it was a temptation. Okay, he had an opportunity to ruin the whole thing. Christ Himself did. But what I love about it is, is every time Christ 
dealt with demons and dealt with the devil himself, he had just come off of a fast. So if you're, if you're dealing with some things, you need to do a biblical fast. What does that mean? No food, prayer. I can't do that. Cool. Crackers and water and prayer. Okay? That's just the reality of life. You know? And the fact that you say, I can't do that, lets me know that you, you feel like God's not big enough. His, you, you, won't, you want to frustrate his grace because he said, my grace is sufficient for you. Grace is unmerited divine assistance. If, some, if, if, if you feel impressed to fast, which means God's going to grace you to be able to do it because he wants to give you something. He wants to impart some information. He wants to impart some anointing. He wants to fix the issue. But if you're not willing, it's just like going to work. Lord, pay my bills. I gave you three opportunities to go to work. <laughs> I don't want to go to work. I want you to pay my bills. Yeah, that's not how it works. The Bible says, you know, if you don't work, you don't eat. Okay, Sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to offend you. Okay, so, it, you know, the word, Jesus, when he was, when they, when de- Jesus was tempted by the devil constantly, say, he would say what? It is written. The word of God possesses power to counteract superstition and destroy it in every form. That's the biggest thing. Because when you're reading your horoscope, when you're doing these different things, you're actually prophesying that stuff over yourself. You're accepting it as fact. You know, the amen means yes and so be it in my life. So if you don't agree with a prayer, just say, bless them, Lord. <clears throat> don't take it. Because the second you say amen, you say, yes, so be it in my life. You know, with the power, it says that you're snared by the words of your mouth. You're taken by the words of your mouth. What you say is the most powerful thing. Why? Because you speak. This says the, the death and life are in the power of the tongue. Okay, uh, Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow and is discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And our souls, our mind, our will, and our emotions. All right. The second, all right, the second means to battle is the blood of Jesus. I know there's small wars here, but my grandma did it. My mama did it. I do it. And it works. Okay, some things I don't have to understand a hundred percent. I don't know. I don't know how, how else to tell you that. You know what I mean? It says there is security in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Through it, Christians have divine power over these superstitions, over these things where you know, you just, I just don't know. Something's going on in my house. Something's weird. Yes, there probably is, and you need to take authority over it. Okay, there's real things in Ephesians chapter two. Uh, 8, 11 through 18 says this, Therefore remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by, <clears throat> uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of the commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body, through the cross, therefore putting to death the enmity, and he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near, for through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. It says abolished it. It was the shed blood of Jesus Christ. In the garden, 
<clears throat> he told Mary wanted to touch him, and he said, don't touch me. I haven't gone to the Father. His body was broken for us. There was a healing covenant. When he went and poured his blood out on the mercy seat, it covered and it gave us an opportunity. Anybody that accepts Christ has an actual relationship with God, their Heavenly Father, can commune with him. <clears throat> no longer do you feel, are you void. You don't have an emptiness. You're filled and you can, and the Bible says, be being filled. The best way to keep being being filled is to share Christ with others. Yes. <clears throat> That's what keeps your fire going. The third one is the authority of the believer. And there's phenomenal books out there. <clears throat> I mean, Brother Hagen, which is, you know, the father of, of our faith kind of a thing. I mean, I was raised going to all those meetings. He has that book, The Believer's Authority, yes. which has revolutionized all kinds of, of people. I think whenever, uh, you know, I've known Ryan Heinrich for like 20 years or whatever, that was like, I think, one of the first books that, that he talked to me about. And it was pretty awesome. You know what I mean? Because he read that book, he, can, he could kind of track with me better, and that's how we became great friends. Honestly, because when you devote your life to Christ, sometimes conversations just kind of like, uh, I talk pretty much about two things, motorcycles and Jesus. <laughs> I, I have no interest to talk about much else. I don't know, you know. It's just ADD, but um, I don't really have that. I've never been diagnosed, but I definitely squirrel. Um, the authority of believer. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Mark 16, starting verse 15, he says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, and he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will, be take, they will take up serpents. So check that out. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will not be oppressed by demons. They will not be possessed by demons. They will not have strongholds that they cannot overcome. No, they have the ability to not only take care of their own life, but to set others free. You know, if you call this your church home, this is your commission as well. Luke 4.18, that's your life scripture? You're connected to this church. That's, this, is the, this is what the scripture that, 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 that God gave Pastor Mark and motivated him to come. To respond to the voice of God and saying, okay, I built an amazing church and you want me to leave and go do, a diff- and do it again. Yeah, it wasn't... It, that church in Pittsburgh is still going, and it wasn't a failure. It was, we had a large children's church, large youth program. We had, I mean, it was amazing. It wasn't, you know what I mean? They were, my parents were excited, and then God said, go. And they say, what? <laughs> you know? I was, going, I was going in the freshman year. I'm sure they say, can we just wait four years, and then maybe you'll forget about it. By the time Adam graduates, maybe you'll forget about this plan, you know? That's not the type of people they were. They said, okay, cool. And then they, uh, they made, they, you know, every one of their friends said, don't, whatever you do, just don't go to Stockton. So you know what they did? They didn't go to Stockton. They ate breakfast at Caro's. It's no longer there on Marsh Lane. And the peace of God fell on them. And they said, well, we still might as well go to Visalia, but this is the place. So they went there and God said, yeah, no. So they came back and prayed and said, we should have known. When somebody tells you, when everybody tells you to stay away from a place, well, why would God be telling me to go? You know what I mean? He took two country bumpkins and placed them in the inner city of Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Where that's, you know, that was more exciting than TV. That's where I saw gang fights. That's where I saw my first nine millimeter. Those are the kids that taught me how to cuss. Like that, that was, <clears throat> church was crazy. 
I hated it. I hated holidays. I'm like, no, no, I got to go to church. We can not go to school, but church is fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it was, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it was, because it, yeah, it, got, it was intense over there. Because it wasn't just Bloods and Crips. You had, a, you had different sects of them, you know, uh, as far as. The one, like, the one project that came to ours, was, they were called uh, the Purple Crip. And then they didn't exactly get along with the other ones. And then, of course, you know, Bloods, yeah, no. But they would show up, and then I'd, I'd get to see crazy stuff. And then <clears throat> we'd go to church and love Jesus. And we'd have revival in the midst of that, to be honest. <laughs> to be honest, we would have revival in the midst of that. Because that's why those kids came. Because they, 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 and they would say it. They said, we don't feel safe anywhere else. <laughs> the presence of God is here. So they wanted to hang out with the man of God, the youth pastor. You know, it was, it was, it was, it, it, that's fun times. Like, Pastor Mark, when you say he was running a rescue mission three feet from the gates of hell, he's not kidding. So it wasn't, he was just happy when God, I think, when he figured out that God said, you can go to North Stockton, because God put us here in the beginning. We didn't know nothing about the demographic. If it was up to him, he'd probably be, you know, downtown somewhere, Center Street. You know, <laughs> that's what he would have thought. So God, you know, God definitely has a plan. All right. Uh, blood of Jesus, the authority of believer. Luke ten eighteen through twenty, and he said to them, "I saw I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven." And let me explain something to you. If you're like, well, I'm not going to be casting out demons on people. No, I'm talking to you this morning about you and your family and your kids and stopping Satan from taking ground in your home. This, all of this combating strongholds is, is taking authority over that. You know what I mean? Even if you have kids that struggle with drugs, alcohol, the second that you let them move back in, they put themselves under your spiritual authority. So you just start praying. Every time they go out and they try to do that, they, get, they just get deathly ill. Don't kill them, Lord, but just make it so that it's not fun. <laughs> they want to be filled. They get to go to church with me and say, check it out. I got new wine. I'll, I'll, we'll go drink some. <laughs> you want to get high? We'll go. I'll tell them. I'll say, we got to have a Holy Ghost service today. My daughter's coming. My son's coming. You know what I mean? You just text Pastor Mark or Miss Pam and <clears throat> tell them. Say, we got to do it. Because that's those things. I'm telling you, you know, it wasn't. I, I, I'm not a, a perfect individual. I've never had any addictions, but I'm not going to lie to you and say that I've never that I haven't done things that I'm not that I'm not happy about, okay, or that I'm not proud of. But but what it has done is giving me the parallel to understand that the times that I've been in the Spirit of God, that I've danced in the Holy Ghost, that I've ran around the church, that I've laughed in the Spirit, is far is way better high, Amen. way better. There's nothing like it. And so it actually helped me understand that that's what everybody's chasing. But you can never experience it outside of God. All right? So the fourth one is the Holy Spirit. All right? It says, you know, we have found, I have found in my life that spiritualism and superstition have no place in a spirit-filled life. And that's the biggest thing up because you should be praying in the Holy Ghost. Paul says praying always without ceasing. So what does that mean? Having, acknowledging God 
all the time throughout the day. You're praying in other tongues under your breath. You're, you're, you're thinking about the scriptures that you've read. You're meditating on them. You're keeping yourself full. The biggest combat about this, and I know that everybody hates it because it's, it's, you know, the Holy Ghost loves music and Satan loves music. But honestly, the music that we listen to really channel the atmosphere that we live in. You know, and, and it actually, that's what desensitizes us to a lot of things. Because I like all kinds of music. You know what I mean? I, I've, I've, I've listened to all different times. You know, I mean, how did I find that saved, not soft shirt? Because there's, there's, a, there's a gangster that got saved and makes Christian, basically like Christian gangster rap. You can talk to the head usher there. He has the shirt on this morning. Or not head usher. Hey, he's the head usher, the usher that's helping him. Um, he has that saved, not soft shirt on there. But most of you probably won't like that music because he, he's called the minister to those individuals. You know what I mean? But what I'm saying is you have, if you like different music, you have to find alternatives. Because there's nothing, you know, there's nothing really wrong with country music, except it makes me lazy. <laughs> and you say, what do you mean by lazy? It means that I'm not looking for opportunities to be used of God. I just, it gets me focused on my family and just trying to make sure that I provide for them and make sure that they have, we have a lot of fun. And, 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 and then I basically, if I, if, I, if I feed on it, I become inactive. I become kind of numb to the things of God. I see somebody that's hurting or I see something that's going on. I'm like, oh man, that, that stinks. The whole reason I'm put there is say, you know what? I need to pray for you. You wouldn't have came over here to me if I wasn't supposed to lay hands on you. You didn't know it. I didn't know it, but I know it now. I mean, I just got, I just got a, new, uh, a, a new job and <clears throat> my boss has uh, had, had about with some, I think it was shingles, and uh, I said, hey, man, I know I'm new, and if, if, if you need to let me go after this, that's cool. But he was there, and I could tell he was in pain. I said, I said, can I pray for you? And he was very receptive. Yes, yeah, please pray for me. You know, and another guy, you know, that, that, that was there, <clears throat> um, want, you know, wanted to uh, kind of get in on it. But I could tell both of them had never heard anybody pray like that. Because why? Because I went through every single healing scripture that I took. Because I said, you know, I have promises from God that says if I'm obedient to him, I don't care about his life because for the Lord he is good and his mercy endures forever. God can pour his mercy out on a sinner on my behalf. And shock the snot out of him. Why? Because the next time he's going to come and ask me to pray for him again. And eventually he's going to say, hey dude, I want to know the source. I'm tired of you being my, my healing dealer. I want to just I want to be one too. <laughs> that comes through this with the Holy Spirit. All right, in uh, how, in in John sixteen thirteen. However, when He, the Spirit of Truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. <clears throat> Number five, gifts of the Spirit. This is what the Lord's wanting to start doing when we come together at church. This is what you see. Wow, church has been awesome. It gets way better, trust me. It gets way better. The more that you hunger and thirst after righteousness, the more you hunger after God, you bring a, a part of the puzzle. You bring energy, and I don't mean weird like karma energy. I'm talking about the power, the presence of God. Because the Bible talks about each one of us each joint supplieth. So when we all bring, we're all healthy. 
We've been reading the word. We've been worshiping God. We've been praying. We've been fasting a little bit. And we come here because we're just excited because we don't care about anybody else in the room. This is the, this is the day that I get to be the most selfish because pastor's going to preach to me because I'm ready for it. You didn't come ready. Don't worry. You get blessed because you're sitting by me. But he's speaking to me today. That's the thing. I come, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be straight. When I sit there, I'm like, well, everybody else, that's fine. But I'm here, so pastors, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to form fit a whole message for me, and, and you'll, get ba- you'll get blessed, but I'm, I'm expecting it. Yep. And hopefully that upsets you, because you should start expecting it. Yes. Put a demand on the gift of the man that God has given you. All right? It says, you know, another tremendous safety factor against superstition is the functioning gifts of the Holy Spirit in the church. And this is a big thing. Uh, and it's, it's, it's actually 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for profit for all. For to one is given a word of wisdom through the spirit, to another a word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit. This is different. This is, this is the spirit of faith. And, and Pastor Mark will have to teach you on, you know, because we all have a spirit of faith, but this is when, when he grabs a hold of you and it doesn't matter what, what anybody's saying. You know for a fact God has you. All right? Um, so I don't want you to get confused. Uh, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one, the same spirit works these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Let me explain to you. This happens in this church. You guys have seen the tongues and interpretation. But we've also seen, you know, uh, and I'm not downing the tongues and interpretation, but when I say that I was excited that I saw Reverend Jerry here is because whenever God gives him something and Pastor Mark gives him the microphone, he usually says something supernatural. God, God, he's a voice. God says something. You know what I mean? Whenever I heard uh, Stephen get up, the usher that's usually in the back there, when he came down here, God said something very specific and we, and we didn't understand that it was a, it was a simple gift of, of, of a kind of prophecy or a word of wisdom, word of knowledge. I mean, I, I, I don't remember specifically, but... Um, and if you see them do that, or you see people do that, you can you know, ask pastor, which one of the gifts was in manifestation this morning, just out of curiosity, like what, what did that fall under? And he'll be able to tell you, but it's very important that we listen. And then the funny thing is, is you have to be on your spiritual game because pastor Mark actually does this often. And you, and unless, unless you just think, oh, he just got excited, didn't No. the anointing fell on him and he started prophesying. And if you accept it, it'll supernaturally set you free. You have to recognize it. Say, oh, my time is here. The whole reason I showed up. Because there's some, I'm sorry, but there's something that when you're physically in the room, you get touched by God. It's never going to happen on TV. It's not going to happen on the lives or anything like that. We, I mean, I'm not downing it. I want everybody to tune in. I want them to be blessed because you will get a residual blessing. But it's just there's something different when you're in the room. That corporate anointing and God, he's here. Why? Because he says, when you see the days approaching, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, but get together more often. 
Why do you think Satan's saying you can't get together? He says, because you're a mighty moving force. He knows you're stronger together than you are by yourself. Because what happens when we get mad, we all go by ourselves. And when we go by ourselves, that's when we get very self-destructive. Nobody cares. Nobody this. Uh, you know, I'm going to go do whatever I want. I'm too stressed out. You know what I mean? Blah, 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 blah. And that's why you got to have a good godly best friend that slaps you in the head and says, hey, you know? <clears throat> Honestly, that's, that's why, uh, you know, when, I, when, you, when you hear me say, well, Ryan, the guy that plays guitar, is one of my best friends, is because he said that he has probably said the most offensive things to me in my life. But the reason is, is that it, why was it offensive? Because he was right. I don't want to line up. I want to be mad. I want to be justified in my actions. And he's like, no, but that's not what the Bible says, right? And then I really hate it because like, I remember because you preached this one time. Okay, I got to go faster here. So, so read at home for the week. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Get yourself familiar to what God has given to the church and start expecting some things. All right? Start expecting. Start expecting. All right? And no, number six is prayer. And this is, this is kind of crazy because we always look at, we always think of prayer now that we're all saved, but do you understand that each and every one of us, the first time that we ever prayed, like actually prayed, we received an instantaneous miracle. It's called the new birth. Our burdens were lifted. We felt like a new person. We no longer felt weighted down. Hopefully everybody remembers that because if you don't, you need to rededicate your life to Christ. That should excite you. You know what I mean? And that, out of that excitement is like a little kid. Like, I got to share. You know what I mean? I mean, when you get to become an adult, you find a cookie that you like. You're like, whew, don't tell the kids. I want these ones. <laughs> you guys won't like these. <laughs> but you got to remember, he said, you got you to come to the kingdom of God like a child. Which is when a child sees something, like, I want to share with all my friends. And you're like, I only bought one pack. You know? You know? So. <laughs> but prayer. To receive an instantaneous answer to prayer is a miracle. The, this intimate relationship with God leaves no room for absurd superstitions. It's actually offensive to the Lord when you look for some, when you look for other things to help make to help make sense rather than to pursue God. Because uh, deliverance begins by being born again of the Spirit of God and receiving a new nature. You shouldn't have strongholds in your life if you're saved. He says that he comes and he lives on the inside of you. Inside of you, he makes his home in you. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. All right. Second Corinthians five sixteen seventeen and eighteen says this. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. But even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, who has given us the ministry of reconciliation. <clears throat> Leave you with this final scripture. Ephesians chapter 2, and it is verses, it's about this 10, 10 verses. It says, and you he made alive. This is what's so awesome. You and I were dead. We were, we, were, we were sickly, okay? It was the blood of Jesus that had to be shed. 
the way the Lord showed me this a long time ago, basically we had to have a blood transfusion. We had to be made alive in Christ. In verse two, it says, and you he made alive. That day that you said that prayer, that's what you got. So you go, when you look at it, you say, okay, so my, me, I died to myself. Christ injected his life, his nature, his ability on the inside of me because I'm dedicating my life to the one who died for me. He literally died for you. We should dedicate our lives to, the, to an individual that gave up everything. It says, who were dead in trespasses and sins, meaning we weren't even eligible, in which you once walked according to a course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Has God told you to do something you haven't done? Has he been telling you to talk to somebody that, that you know, somebody on your street, somebody here about Christ, and you're just, you just clam up? He told you to pray for somebody because it says that that's the son of disobedience. That's not a, that's not a, a son of God. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Yes. God don't want your money if you ain't got your heart because if he has your heart, he'll have your money. You can't pay God off. This, this is not a mafia. You can't pay me to, not, to stop preaching like this. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I have to bring accountability. It's what God has kind of called me to, to do. It frustrates me. Because one person can't do it all. If I, if I could, I would. I'd be like, no, you guys just watch. I don't care. Because that's Pastor Mark's attitude. You know? So when he builds stuff, does different things, he's like, okay, I'll just do it. And I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. We builds all the children's church stuff. He does everything. He needs help. Is God telling you guys, like, oh, I should call him and ask, ask if he needs help? I'm good with tools. I'm good with my hands. Now, if you're not, don't. <laughs> he doesn't need somebody talking to him, slowing him down. He needs somebody that can, you know, that can say, hey, let's get this done before lunch, and, and I'll take you to lunch. You know what I mean? That way I can, I can get an hour of your time. Because if you work here, I'll, you know, that's the biggest thing. Or, or you know, I know that, uh, <clears throat> well, no, I won't say that. What I'm saying is, is that if you help him and you shorten the time, he'll give you the time. You, you basically, your gift makes room for you is what the Bible says. It's like, hey, can I meet with you? Well, I got to build this whole children's church thing. Oh, well, I'm really good. I'll bring my own tools. And you show up with DeWalt's and, you're, and he's like, oh, all my anxiety's gone. <laughs> you know, Makita, this guy should know what he's doing. Uh, <clears throat> let's see here. Among whom we also uh, <clears throat> once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh. So these are strongholds that I'm talking about. Disobedience. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> we also conduct ourselves in the lusts of the flesh. If, you, if you're saying, I just, can't, I just can't not have wandering eyes, man. <laughs> if you're saying, I just can't. I just don't know what it is. I'm human. Yeah, you're human, but you're not spending enough time with God. You're just not. Because you can notice something, but you ain't supposed to stare at it. Bible, you know, I won't, I won't meddle. Okay. And the, conducting ourselves in the lust of the flesh. And that, you know, especially giving over to things. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. You know that a thought unspoken dies unborn? A thought not act upon is, is, is over? Why? Because we cast it down by the word. Okay. That's the biggest thing. <clears throat> the biggest thing is using the word of God. So we, we can't get mad at ourselves because these thoughts come into our mind. We can't get mad because we're like, well, I just can't, I just can't stop. 
Well, if you can't stop acting on those thoughts, then yes, you need to rededicate your life to Christ. You need to get the power of God reactivated in your life and fully submit yourself to God. And every time that you, that you get tempted with that, say, cool, I'm going to watch this for the glory of God. Or I'm going to do this for the glory of God. Whatever you're, whatever you're, you know, it's holding you back. You won't do that if you, if you like, okay, I'm going to watch something inappropriate. Holy Ghost, hang out, sit down. <laughs> Tell me if you like this. You already know. Uh, hey, how's it going? Let's just go ahead and let's just pray or let's find something on Pure Flix. And I can... Because <laughs> he's with you regardless. You just don't realize. You just don't acknowledge him. That thing says, in all things, acknowledge him. The Bible says, as you're walking, acknowledge him. God's with you. He lives and abides on the inside of you. He goes with you everywhere you go. You know? And I just feel impressed to say this too. And it's cool if you're like, hey, I go to church with my wife. You know, she's the one that, 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 that you know, preaches to me all the time. She's the one, you know, she prays for me. I'm good. You're not good. Because you're held accountable for your life. She's going to make it to heaven. And if you truly love her, I think you need to get on the program because eternity is longer than this earth. And you get to hang out with her in heaven. <clears throat> Nobody gets, nobody's going in on merits of others. You know, one of my favorite songs to kind of listen to is that, you know, that Conway Twitty song says, who will pray for me now that mother's gone? You know, because my mom, you know, it's been six years, I believe now, five, six years. You know what I mean? But she was, she was my biggest advocate. And how was she my biggest advocate? In prayer all the time. So you're kind of like, oh, I got dropped off at the pool by myself. Here we go. Let's pick it up. Time to stand on your own two feet. You know what I mean? <clears throat> All right. It says, and we were by nature children of wrath just as others. And I'm going to be transparent. This is, this is probably where, uh, where I always get, get caught up and I have to catch myself. I'm, I'm a hothead. But the God said, I mean, you know, but the spirit of God is revealed. He says, Anytime, every time that you have outbursts of wrath, you're opening the door to, to demonic activity. Don't you notice how your entire house goes in disarray? I'm like, yes, Lord. This is something that we have to constantly be conscious of. That I have to stop and I have to, I have to just, you know, pray aggressively in other tongues until I, you know, faith and patience possess you your soul. You know? And I get to go talk to God and tell him, I don't like this. I'm mad. You know, this person deserves to get hurt. <laughs> And I'm not talking about my wife and kids, you know, when I said at the house, you know, because most of the times it's always transference, transference when we come home to our families, you know, we can't stand somebody or experiences that just happened or different things like that. Okay. I'm, I'm not really trying to keep you long. I'm, I know I'm, I'm finishing. It says here, um, <clears throat> oh, children of wrath, just as others. But that is something that you have to take authority over because that's what uh, the Lord has shown, has spoken to me about and talked and, and, and that I've seen now that he's spoken to me that the number one place, especially, you know, I can really deal with, with men because that's who I pay attention to. Um, we open the door every day when we get, when we get mad. We just it's, just, it's just not good. So what do we do when we do that? We repent immediately and say, Lord... Please help me. You know what I mean? 
I mean, it was <clears throat> kind of funny because the Lord uses very, very many different things. But there's this there's this dude that has motivational speaking and uh, <clears throat> from, and I guess he's a personal trainer. And but it, his whole thing is prison perspective. And he says, you know, I used to, he goes, I used to be the guy that felt like you know when the guys had to be taught a lesson, I was the instrument. Like I was put here on earth to be the instrument to bring, justifi- to bring justice, to bring justification. He goes, what I've since learned, now he, I mean, this is how I know he's not saved, but it made sense to me. The Holy Spirit still spoke to me because if he can speak through Balaam's donkey to Balaam to save his life, he can speak through anybody. And if I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, I can interpret what he's saying. Okay. <clears throat> and what he said was, he says, he is basically karma's bigger than you. And he goes, now that I've been through so many years in prison, I've, been, I've noticed that if I ignore it, and we just make sure that everything that we're supposed to be doing stays in order. We don't let that affect what's going on with, with the productivity that's going on. That I get the pleasure of watching karma do something way worse than I ever could have to that individual. And so what that basically says to me is through faith and patience possess you your soul. You don't need to respond even though you want to. You want justice immediately. You know, I mean, this person needs to be taught a lesson and understand that that's not that's an inappropriate way to act. And this is what happens when you act that way. You know, because I'm a man's man. I'm not, you know, I'm not a wimp. It's just not how it works. Um, I have a hard time. You know, you can ask Kelly. And if she ever greenlights you, the Holy Ghost, usually I have to repent. I don't consult with him. All right. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love in which he loved us, when we were dead in pre- t- trespasses, this is where, you know, it's highlighted, made us alive together with Christ, by grace, you have been saved. Yeah. Unmerited divine assistance. Every time you call on the grace of God, you're saying, God, I know I don't deserve it. I know that I'm not the best. I know I'm not, you know, the problem is, is that he says you're comparing yourself among yourselves and that's not wise. But the, but the real thing is, is even if you feel that way, you say, Lord, I just need grace and mercy. For the Lord, he is good and his mercy endures forever. Give me grace, Father. The same grace that got me saved will help me, will break that stronghold, will help me get over that temptation, will help me, get, help me quit the negative actions and the, and the things that I've, that, I've, that I've actually turned into a habit. God will help, he'll kill it by his grace. You know what's funny? Yes, because I'm a pastor's child and and everything else. But you know, being a pastor's kid did not give me love for people. I don't really like him. I don't really, you know, until I talk to you, I don't like you. It's a weird thing. I don't like, I don't like have a genuine love to like, oh, I want to get to know you. Like, no. Like, why are you talking to me? What do you want? But you you know what? what's awesome is the Lord told me, he's like, it's cool. Because you don't have to have any, have any love in your heart. Because the love of God is poured into your heart by the Holy Spirit. I give you the love. And my love doesn't just affect, it affects you, but it also affects others. Because my love motivates you. Why? Because faith works by love. And that's the biggest thing. I got, I got flames tattooed on my arm, on my leg, I mean. And when I got this tattooed, it says love right there, right? And Kelly's like, it looks like you hate love. I said, no. Satan's under my feet. That's why the flames are there. And any time I step out of love, that's when he comes up and he messes with me. So my biggest objective is to make sure that I walk in love and that I stay in love because then I keep him there where he's supposed to be. You know, because faith works by love. 
All right. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus in the ages to come, that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. All right. I've mentioned th- uh, a few times that if you're having, those, if you're having different issues, that you need to basically repent and, and come back to God, rededicate your life, or if you've never accepted Christ as your first Lord and Savior, and what I'm saying to you makes sense, and you say, you know what, today's my day. Something's messing with me on the inside, and I'm very uncomfortable, and I know what you're saying is right, and I really just, I just, I'm, just having, I'm just having a difficult time. Well, let's just go ahead and die to ourselves, okay? Because if I was giving out $1,000 checks, um, <clears throat> You would have no problem running up here first, pushing someone out of the way. <laughs> so this is what I want. If anybody in this room says, hey, Pat, you, know, or, you know, Adam, you've been, you, you've said some things that have messed with me, and I know that I need to make that decision this morning. I want you to raise your hand, and I want you to come up front. We're going to go ahead and just do it. Let's just do this. Because he says in the Word, he says, if you, if, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before the Father. If you deny me before men, I'm going to deny you and say I didn't know you, because you were too much of a wimp. You don't have to, you know, you don't really have to get to the point to where you're like me, where when I see somebody that's sick or I see someone and I'm like, okay, I got to step out because I wasn't that guy for a long time. I was afraid about, even as a pastor, even as a minister, I was afraid about what others would think. You're going to go through the stages. It doesn't matter. But the biggest thing is, is I always made sure that I was right with God. So if you're not right with God, I want you to come up here. I'm not going to take a long time. I don't, I don't, it's because check it out. I don't care. Like I care. Enough to get up here and to give you this message and say, hey, let's overcome some of these temptations. Let's overcome these things you've let become strongholds in your life. And it all starts with the relationship with Christ. I care enough to give you the information, present it to you. And I'm also, I care enough to stand right here and to, and to pray with you, to lead you in a prayer. But I don't care because if you don't want it, then that's fine. It's not for me. It's for you. Amen. So is our, do we, how many of the prayer team do we have? Because I'd like to, if we can. We're just rededicating our lives and then we're, you know, if you've, if you've trained them, built the Holy Ghost, but whoever they, you know, just assign them as you feel led, if you don't mind. All right, the rest of you, let's just go ahead and bow our heads, close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this wonderful opportunity to take back some ground that Satan has stolen from us. I thank you, Father, we're not going to put our trust in vain superstitions, and we're not going to let Satan have strongholds in our life anymore either, Father. We're not going to let simple temptations, the Bible says simple temptations that that have overcome us. It says, the, the Bible says this, there is no temptation except for that which is common to man, and when the temptation becomes too great, he provides a way out for us. So anybody who submits himself to God, God always provides a way out of every single temptation. 
And I thank you, Father, right now, for everybody here that's under the sound of my voice, Father, that you're going to take the message and the steps that I gave them, Father, and you're going to constantly bring it back to their remembrance as ammunition when Satan comes and tries to steal it, tries to steal their joy through getting them angry, tries to, tries to steal their peace and wreck their marriages, Father, through, through the temptations that they're going through. Men and women, we both all struggle with different things. Father, when we have mis- misunderstanding, misinterpretations of, of, of our spouse's behaviors, Father, you're just going to cover that by the blood right now, Father, and bring clarity. Give us, help us to have uh, divine, have communication with each other that is effective and mutual and actually come together and making us stronger, not divisive. That's the one, one thing, Father. I just feel in my heart to take authority over any demonic force that's coming against any marriage that's inside this inside of our church right now that is present right here and that's watching on TV. We just speak peace to these relationships right now, Father. I thank you, Father, that you're going to reveal to them what is behind them. They're going to not they're not going to see the actions, but they're going to start to see the root of it, take authority over over what's going on and start eliminating those triggers, Father, that are causing them to lash out at their spouse. I thank you, Father, that you said to the to love your wife like Christ loved the church. So each one of them, Father, you're going to start putting, you're going to start leading and guiding them every single day towards scriptures of how to have a strong marriage and how to actually support one another. Father, and I thank you, Father, for this. I just thank you, Father. We just take authority over it right now in Jesus' name and call it done that there's no, there is no need for divorce in this church and in anybody's life. Why? Because God, it says, love covers a multitude of sins. There's the power of forgiveness. There's the power because just like David, Father, if there's true, true repentance, behaviors are never repeated. And I thank you, Father, for that. And you've given people, you said the love of God has poured out into their hearts so that there's not a resentment, there's not a, a, a hatred, but that there's a, if they truly, truly love each other, Father, there's a restorative work beginning right now in the name of Jesus. We declare it and count it to be done. Amen. And amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.